It is the start of February, and that can only mean one thing. MotoGP 2020 is coming your way, and this is the Paddock Pass podcast, the latest edition. And my name is Neil Morrison, and I'm joined, thankfully, today by MotoMatters.com's David Emmett, and we're going to take you through a little preview of what to see and what to look forward to at the Sepang Test, which is coming up this weekend. Hello, David. How are you doing? I believe you have just uh, zipped up your suitcase and are almost uh, ready to roll out the door on the way to uh, your journey to Sepang. I wish I had uh, zipped up my suitcase. I've still got to zip up my suitcase, which means I'm going to uh, I'm going to have to sort of rush, shove everything in, and then get to Sepang and regret that I've forgotten something. Okay, I see those. I see those New Year's resolutions lasted all but one month. <laughs> that's right. That's right. You will be delighted to know, and uh, of course, the listeners will be delighted to know because they have no idea. Is that I've got a new rack, rucksack, and I'm going to be carrying less crap with me this year. That's my New wow. Year's resolution. Okay, for anyone that doesn't uh, know David that well, he does uh, usually show up at race meetings with about four or five bags crammed with uh, all sorts of delights from uh, spare t-shirts to uh, just odd bits of wiring and um, software, hardware for his computer. Um, But good to hear, David, that you've downsized a little bit. Thinking of the environment, of course. Yeah, oh yeah. I mean, like I, I, I'm, I reckon I'm down to about half the amount of wiring. So, uh, which, as far as I'm concerned, is fairly blooming impre- uh, impressive. Okay, I was going to say marginal gains, but bigger gains by that, by the sound of it. And speaking of gains, uh, there's a whole host of people, factories, engineers that will be looking for gains uh, in the weekend. That is a approaching us. Um, Sepang is just around the corner. We're recording this on uh, Tuesday, the uh, 3rd, 4th of February. and fourth. Uh, The 4th of February. And we've just seen uh, three days basically of uh, the Sepang shakedown test uh, completed uh, with some interesting, uh, um, interesting things going on. Uh, basically, uh, the shakedown test is for the uh, the test riders of all six factories, plus the two factories that have MotoGP concessions. So that is the full-time riders from KTM and Aprilia, minus Andre Iannone because of uh, some of the issues that are going on around him at the present time. But uh, just to give you a quick rundown of those uh, shakedown times uh, from Sepang on day three, Paul Espargaro was the quickest man on his KTM. He was uh, in the 159s, a tenth of a second quicker than his brother Aleish. And then we had Miguel Oliveira, Michele Piero, Brad Binder, Stefan Bradl, Mika Calio. And who's that name? Jorge Lorenzo on a Yamaha. Just one <laughs> second off the quickest time of the day after posting just 46 laps. Now, how about that? So, David... Uh, a few things to pick through from the shakedown test. Can we read too much into these times? Uh, KTM a little bit faster than Aprilia at present? Uh, it's a little bit early. It looks like the track is really, really fast. Um, I spoke to Bradley Smith yesterday um, uh, about the about the test, and he was basically saying the new Michelin rear makes a really big difference, especially at a track like... Sepang, where uh, when it's hot, it gets slippery. So you get a lot more grip. That's giving them a lot more, uh, um, you know, a, a lot more speed. So like the times, I mean, the, the, the times look good. We've got, so what is it, four riders um, uh, in the 59s. 
Um, but if you think that Fabio Quartararo's time was a 59-2 or a 58-2 last year, uh, 58-3, I think they did a 58-3 at the test, um, uh, Petrucci. Um, You've got to think that they'll they'll be doing 57s um, uh, at at the test uh, this time. So I think it's a little bit early. It does look like um, both the the KTM and the the Aprilia are uh, pretty competitive um certainly we've got the brand new we've just seen the the, the brand new 2020 aprilia uh, out on track that's a completely brand new bike there's only two of them at the moment so uh bradley smith did the first two days and then alacious barbaro took over on uh, uh, on the final day uh, just to give it a, a shakedown but you know it really is it's looking good it's certainly interesting it definitely is, yeah. And we've just uh, seen a tweet actually from Alicia Spargerl who had 25 laps with the uh, RSGP 2020 today. He said on Twitter, the only thing I can say is, wow, thanks Aprilia for hard work the last six months. This will be a fun year. So clearly some uh, positive impressions uh, from the elder Spargerl brother regarding the new 2020 Aprilia. You spoke to Bradley Smith uh, recently, David. What was what was his, or what were his impressions? Yeah, I mean, he was really, he was really impressed because he said, like, you know, we had two or three big areas that needed fixing that we were always complaining about, uh, and uh, they they addressed those, uh, but they addressed everything else as well. They basically touched everything on the bike. Uh, they improved every part on the bike, not big steps um, uh, everywhere, but even small steps everywhere. Um, uh, it all adds up to a really big improvement. So I think the Aprilia this year is going to be much better. I think, I mean. You know, it, it's still just the shakedown test. We haven't had the full test. We're not anywhere near Qatar yet, uh, so it's early to stay to say. But I, I, I do think that the uh, twenty twenty bike is going to be a lot more competitive than twenty than the twenty nineteen bike. And it's a very positive debut for a, a bike that's literally just rolled out of Aprilia's uh, workshops. Yeah, and of course that bike is rumored to feature a new engine configuration. Uh, yes, that's right. It's a V90. It's a, it's a 90 degree uh, uh, V. Uh, not so much rumoured as confirmed by uh, people inside uh, Aprilia talking to uh, various uh, Italian journalists. So I don't think they're, I don't think being particularly secret about it. Also, there was the uh, uh, they let Sky um, Italian broadcaster Sky into their uh, garage and they showed the um, or not the garage the, uh, the the factory and they showed the uh, uh, 2020 engine being given a run on the dyno and it was fairly clear from the pictures that it was. A, um, uh, it was 2020 um, uh, or that it was a, a 90 degree V4 so very very interesting uh, times interesting bike uh, there's, a, there's a lot going on there I think and there's going to be a lot of going on even stuff which we can't see what I found interesting also was that the air intake seems to be a lot bigger which generally means that you know they're taking a lot more air in there and it means they're producing more power we saw that certainly with the Honda the uh, the air intake uh, got bigger and uh, the airbox got um uh, it was taking up more room in the pursuit of power so it's uh yeah yeah interesting times for sure interesting times because last year we could say the Aprilia didn't necessarily lack outright top speeds from fourth gear fifth gear onwards it was it was pretty competitive but it was just that acceleration coming out of slow corners where they were just getting murdered by the other factories yeah exactly i mean this is this is the other thing because if you look at yamaha for example yamaha were really really competitive uh, on a bike which was a long way down on top speed but that was because uh, the um uh, japanese 
the engineers in uh, for Yamaha had focused on like the last sort of uh, 10 to 20 meters into the corner and the first sort of uh, 20 to 100 meters out of the corner, um, which is where they felt that they could gain the most. So they had a really good uh, grip into corners and out of corners uh, and they were gaining a lot of speed there. But then on outright top speed, sure, they were losing out a bit, uh, but uh, being able to get out of the corner um, a, a lot accounts for a lot as well. So yeah, if Aprilia can make a this this step, you know, in the lower gears and gain some acceleration and drive out of corners, then that's going to be really that's going to be very interesting. Should be interesting indeed. Now we made a mention of uh, Andrea Ian on his absence from the shakedown test. What is the what's the situation with him at present? Are we going to see him at Sepang at all? Do you think? Uh, well, we we will find out. He is at this very moment. At uh, the moment we are recording this, we're recording this at what one thirty, and at one p.m. he was due to uh, uh, appear in front of the D- International Disciplinary Court in Switzerland. Um, uh, his case is currently being heard. Presumably, we will hear later on exactly what his uh, punishment or lack of punishment is going to be. Um, I honestly just from looking at the rules reading the rules uh i think it's going to be a longer ban rather than a shorter ban uh and you know if it's a longer ban it's certainly if it's anything if it's a two-year ban or a four-year ban ban, that's basically you know and his career over um if it's a shorter ban uh, if it's just a few months then uh, you know we might see him back later this year um uh, obviously probably don't have to be in a hurry because they have uh Bradley Smith as the test rider he can step basically step straight in at Qatar um and then they might have to take a slightly different decision or a, a longer look at exactly what they want to do if it turns out that Ian only has been uh, been banned for four years then they can start uh, trying to tempt maybe someone uh, permanent but um I think by the time uh, people actually listen to this, they will know more than we do at the moment. Okay, not uh, nothing new there then for our knowledgeable listeners uh, <laughs> on the Paracast podcast. So Lorenzo Salvadori, it's worth pointing out, he was uh, another one of uh, the riders testing for a pretty him, Bradley Smith and Alicia Spargaro were out at the Sepang Shakedown uh, test. So Salvadori uh, may well step into the testing role full time if Smith goes up to the uh, to to Ian on his seat um, but yeah. that remains to be seen yeah I mean I, uh, I spoke to Bradley a bit of Smith about it and, and, and what it seemed to be is that uh, Aprilia are um, evaluating Sabadori for a possible uh, a test ride um, he wasn't doing a, a lot of testing work he was putting miles on the bike to make sure it didn't break um, he was uh, getting used to riding a MotoGP bike because he's got no MotoGP experience whatsoever um, and I think I just saw something about him uh, being confirmed with uh, Althea Honda uh, for World Superbikes this season, which would uh, make it would make it a little bit more complicated to take on the uh, the, the Aprilia testing gig. Um, but that is still it, it was still very much in the in the at uh, the trial stage. So we shall have to we shall have to wait and see. But it was also it was interesting to see that he you know he made a lot of um, uh, a lot of progress. He was well. Um, uh, I think he gave, he got a couple of seconds faster over the test. He started, let me have a look. He started off 4.2 or 4.3 seconds behind and he ended up uh, 3.3 seconds behind. So he gained a second uh, on the rest of the field, uh, which was, you know, 
quite impressive. So, uh, yeah, we shall, we'll have to wait and see what happens with that. Yeah, I also read an interview with uh, a pretty seat racing CEO, Massimo Rivola, in one of the Italian uh, sports newspapers uh, last week. And I think he said something along the lines of if Ian O'Neill's band is in the months, then they'll certainly think about keeping him. If it's four to five, even maybe even six months. Uh, however, if it's one year or longer, then basically their the relationship will be terminated. So, um, yeah, a lot, a really a lot is riding on this decision that we will uh, come to hear of uh, later today. Um, okay, so some other interesting things from the shakedown test. Jorge Lorenzo back in action on board the Yamaha. I mean, uh, it was uh, it was swift, it was uh, it was quick, and, and Lorenzo was showing that uh, he was uh, no slouch in his first laps back with Yamaha since the end of two thousand and sixteen. And uh, yeah, I think he was what just one tenth slower today than he was from his pole position. Or sorry, from his uh, qualifying time uh, at last year's Malaysian Grand Prix. So, um, well, I mean, uh, that's not really too much of a surprise. But uh, yeah, Lorenzo back looking pretty good. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's you know he's he's clearly still sort of uh, fast. It's going to be really interesting to see what Yamaha do with the uh, with, with his feedback. Uh, there was talk that. Um, he might actually um, have to. Uh, well, th there was talk this morning, certainly in the Spanish press, that, he, uh, uh, that Yamaha were looking at giving him a wild card at Barcelona, um, which would also make sense because there's a test in Barcelona on the Monday afterwards. You know, he's going to be there anyway. Um, but we, and it's a it's a track. He's it's a track. He's fast at as well. But you know, we'll, we'll have to wait and see how he goes. He's. Um, uh, we've seen lots of. You know, social media posts of him training, training hard, uh, getting fitter. He actually looks a lot fitter than he has looked for some time. So I think his back injury is sort of recovered and he's feeling it's stronger and healthier. But um, it makes you wonder how much he was holding back on the Honda just because he was terrified of crashing of crashing again. And I think he he always said that he like, you know, the the Yamaha was the bike that he felt comfortable on. He never felt comfortable on the Ducati, even though he was quick. Um so yeah, I think it's it's gonna be like putting on an old uh, an old pair of boots or an old pair of gloves. It it just get on and it, it fits. It fits straight away. So uh, we shall uh, we shall have to wait and see. Yeah, quite impressive stuff from Lorenzo considering he's done a minor world tour of uh, fancy hotels, nightclubs and uh, glitzy uh, gala dinners. I think he was in Bali, Dubai, Mexico and uh, now he's out in Malaysia playing his trade as a Yamaha's test rider. So it's been a bit of a whirlwind uh, six months for the five-time world champion, but we'll have to keep our eyes posted. And uh, yeah, you would have to say by the end of this test, you wouldn't be surprised to see Lorenzo up among the top ten. Uh, it would not be surprising. It would not be surprising, although you also have to say, um, like, the pace is going to be really, really fast. Um, there are a, there's going to be a bunch of bikes which are going to be going quick. The Suzuki should be quick. The other uh, Yamaha should be really quick. Uh, the Ducati should be quite quick. There's going to be a lot of um, competition to go fast. So we shall, we shall have to wait and see. Now, at the start of the show, I said that it was basically the riders who ride for factories with concessions were present at the shakedown test, as well as all six factory test riders. I forgot to mention that Alex Marquez was also there because he, of course, is a rookie and the shakedown test is open to him, Brad Binder and Iker Lekwona, this year's uh, three rookie contestants on the 2020 grid. Um, Dave, what did you make of their performances? 
Uh, I have to say, I'm quite impressed with Alex Marquez. He's certainly, I mean, you know, he was faster than Stefan Bradl, which is uh, a really good benchmark. Um, you know, but you, obviously we don't know what Bradl's testing. He's probably doing, uh, got a lot more work to do. Uh, whereas uh, Alex Marquez is concentrating just on, you know, figuring out how to ride a MotoGP bike. Um, but to be faster than Bradl was an important uh, benchmark. Um uh, he made good progress each uh, each day, and I think obviously he didn't ride today, were Tuesday, because he was in Jakarta for the launch of the Repsol Honda team, where they showed their brand spanking new livery, which is um, so radically different from everything they've ever done before. Uh, in that it's completely identical to the one last year, as far as I can tell. Um, You'd love to be the man but, on I mean, the he had a, for it, yeah. that color scheme. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Um, very low two zero zero uh, was Mar uh, was Alex Marquez's time uh, on Monday, which is uh, respectable. Um, uh, I would point out faster than than Jorge Lorenzo, so that's uh, that, that's also something to be uh, uh, to to think about. He was um, uh, it was only on the last day on the Tuesday that Brad Binder went faster than him. Um, you know, obviously Binder and Lekuona have had three days of testing in, uh, compared to. Um, so yes, I think uh, I think Marquez has, has done well. Binder seems to be making really you know the kind of progress that you would expect. Um, and it's been a real benefit for all three rookies to actually get some time on the bike. Uh, I'm slightly disappointed by Lekuona. Lekuona's time is you know two point two seconds off of uh, Paul Spargaro's, uh, but we don't know what's going on there. Obviously, it's a very different track from the other tracks that he's ridden the bike on. So we'll see. Yeah, Lacona, I think, had uh, some surgery recently as well to correct uh, some arm pump issues that he had towards the end of last year. So physically, he might not just be up at uh, top, top level just yet. Um, but as we mentioned earlier, early days so far. Now, moving on to the test proper that gets underway on Friday, the 7th of February. Um, I think, first of all, it's probably worth putting a little disclaimer on whatever happens during these three days because it's not always the best guide of how a season will pan out. I think it's it's worth saying that. I mean, last year I was going back and looking at the results, and we saw four Ducatis ending um, ending the the third day uh, fastest. Pekka Banyaya was quickest, and at that point I remember thinking, "My God, we're going to see this guy up fighting." I think I even said he was going to be up fighting for the win at the first race. He'll be there pushing for top sixes through the year, and it never really quite happened. Um, the Ducati didn't actually turn out to be uh, that much more competitive than uh, the Yamaha, Suzuki, and Honda. If uh, at all more competitive than those bikes so it's worth pointing out that it's not always uh, the best gauge of what goes on but i mean if you're picking um the things to look out for for any uh any seasoned uh, moto gp viewer uh, what, what do you think we need to keep our eye on for the couple of days ahead yeah, I mean, that is really important. I think the, the, some of the things to look for are not so much the fast times as the gaps. Also, the MotoGP.com website publishes uh, analysis timesheets, so you can actually see um, uh, it, the lap times for every lap that each of the riders has put in, and that's a really useful resource because you can actually see who's doing long runs, um, what time of day they're going out. That makes out that, that makes a really big difference as well. Because if you do a one fifty seven at sort of you know a quarter past ten in the morning when when the track temperatures are still cool, or or five to six when uh, when the track is starting to cool off, um, that's very different than from from doing a I don't know a a, a low one fifty nine at two o'clock. 
o'clock at you know race time, right in the middle of the day when it's absolutely blisteringly hot and track temperatures again, again of the sixties. Um, it, it's it, those are the sort of details you have to look. It's again, it's important to look at gaps. I think it's going to be interesting to see um, what the gaps are between, uh, for example, the Yamahas and the Ducatis. We're expecting a lot from Yamaha this year. Um, Ducati need to make a big, uh, a big step as well. Um, it's going to be again. Um, Mark Marcus coming off a shoulder injury, so he'll be out doing runs of four, five laps and then coming back in again. So this is a really bad uh, example of what he can what he can do. Uh, uh, you know, it's, it's not going to be really showing what his real pace is capable of. Uh, so you've got to sort of take his times with a pinch of salt. Um, as you say, I mean, it, it's a very good point. You know, Danilo Petrucci was world champion after the uh, Sepang test last year. And uh, that, I mean, he had a good year, but he, you know, it was still Mark Marquez who ran away with it. So I think we have to be a little bit cautious. Yeah, for sure. I guess uh, Mark Marquez is a good place to, to start off when we were looking at uh, this weekend ahead now. Um, I think uh, he posted uh, a photo on his Instagram page um, at the end of January uh, where he was basically lying down on a massage table and you could see the, the differing definitions between his shoulder, obviously the left shoulder, um, which hasn't been operated on in uh, over a year now, uh, was pretty muscly um, and defined whereas the one that was operated on I think at the end of November uh, was still flat looked um, pretty small by comparison so yeah he's saying that uh, it's taken a bit longer uh, than expected to heal up um, last year we saw him do um, well quite a small number of um, of laps I think it was a hundred less laps over the three days than uh, Maverick Vinales for example we're probably going to see something similar from him this time just taking it quite steady maybe posting 25-30 laps each day as he finds finds his rhythm and uh, basically gets his shoulder back up to speed yeah it, exactly I mean that uh, that picture was really quite uh, remarkable it told a lot about it also what I found interesting was that um, uh, he's Ridden again because, like last year, he rode again to to try the bike to see how it was. Uh, I think he rode something like an NSF 100 or, or 150 or something. He rode a very small bike, a small wheel bike, uh, yeah, when he went out. Yeah, the as well, I think. Yeah, yeah it, it was a small wheel bike with very light, not much weight, to just to see if he could actually ride. This time he took out a, a, a Beyond 450, um, a heavier bike, a full-size bike, a bike with more horsepower, um, uh, more weight, uh, so it would have stressed his shoulder more. Uh, and he said, you know, it was it was difficult. It was much more difficult than he than he had anticipated. But um, it's yeah, I, I I think he's going to recover fast, and he's going to need to also because the gaps once the season starts from Qatar. Um, from basically Qatar to uh, Jerez, the, you know, it's it's a we it's a race every two weeks. There's no rest like there was last year. I mean, we go from Qatar and then we go straight to uh, Thailand for uh, two weeks later. Whereas last year, I think there was a there was a couple of uh, places where we had three weeks between races, which gave him that little bit more time to recover and to train and to, to and to gain some strength. Yeah, for sure. Is he is he playing this injury up? Do you think is he trying to to lull his uh, his his competitors, uh, his rivals into a slightly uh, you know, to a false sense of security? 
Uh, of course. Um, um, I mean, yeah, that's that's what he does. That's what everyone does. Everyone sort of says, "Oh, well, I'm not. I'm not really sure. I uh, we'll have to see about that, and uh, we'll have to see how strong we are." Um, going back to things to keep an eye on, and speaking about Honda, I think it's also going to be really interesting to see the gap between um, uh, Cal Crutchlow and Mark Marquez uh, to see where Crutchlow uh, ends up, because that will tell us a little bit about how difficult the new bike is to ride. Um, uh, it's going to be interesting to see uh, Takanakagami. Obviously, he's coming off a uh, shoulder injury, but he's on the... Uh, the 2019 bike, which was not an easy bike to ride at all. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, Honda is going to be interesting to watch, but it's going to be because there is so much difference in the, uh, level of experience of the bikes. There's, you know, Naka, attacking Nakagami's on a different bike. Alex Marquez is a rookie. Uh, Mark Marquez is coming off shoulder surgery. It's going to be really difficult. The picture is going to be very muddy. It's going to be difficult to, to, to be tempting to draw conclusions, but I think it'd be wrong. Yeah, for sure. Although no more difficult than it was last year when all three of its main riders, Lorenzo, Crutchlow and Marquez, were all coming off uh, pretty substantial injuries. So at least Crutchlow this time is relatively fit uh, in the grand scheme of things. So yeah, as you say, it should be interesting. I think uh, listening to Cal and what he's saying will be a pretty good uh, gauge of where Honda's at and what it's done uh, with its design for the 2020 RC213V. Um, so Honda could be interesting, obviously. Uh, Ducati, um, I think we've pretty much say the same thing at the start of each year. Will that bike turn? I think this year there's a chance that it might actually turn because, you know, they were doing a lot of uh, during the test in Jerez and during the test in uh, Valencia, they were working quite hard on it and that they seem to make some real progress. Uh, the progress was much more apparent at Valencia than it was at um uh, at Jerez. Um, the bike is, uh, is going to have a little bit more horsepower again because, you know, what does a Ducati need is it always needs a little more horsepower. It's always, uh, uh, it's Gigi Delinia's favorite thing to do. Um, but it might, if it can go down, go around corners a little bit, uh, we won't see the final arrow because Delinia is, um, uh, he, you know, he waits until the guitar test to, to, to try the new arrow out to give other people less time to actually uh, uh, copy it. So, um, yeah, we shall. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. There's a lot of pressure on a lot of riders. There's a lot of opportunity for riders. Uh, Pekka Banyaya has to step up. And we saw last year, you know, he was brilliant at Sepang and he was really, really quick. The uh, same at Qatar, he was really, really quick. And then it all went a bit downhill from there. Um, so we'll have to wait and see how he gets on at um, uh, at the Sepang test. Uh, again, also uh, Jack Miller. Jack Miller is looking for a factory ride. And so he's going to be under pressure to perform. Both the factory riders are going to be un under pressure to perform. And of course, Sean Sarko. Um, you know, Sean Sarko could be the rider to to, to, to take over the, the, the factory seat. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see him on a Ducati for the first time. Yeah, because Zarco absolutely loves Sepang. And it was, of course, at Sepang last year where he impressed us all with his uh, fantastic uh, top 10 ride. It was going to be a top 10 ride on uh, Takanakagami's 2018 uh, Honda RC213V. So, uh, yeah, Zarco, that's a good chart, Dave. Could be, uh, could be a bit of a cat amongst the pigeons. Um, Yamaha, I mean, are we likely to see... Um, Big changes, drastic changes uh, to, to Yamaha. Um, obviously, uh, this will be the first time in 
public that we see uh, Maverick Vinales, Fabio Quartararo, uh, since they signed that deal, um, which will see them in the factory team in 2021-22. Also, first chance to uh, basically get the thoughts of Valentino Rossi on uh, what's been going on as well. Um, that will obviously be quite interesting in itself, but uh, what, what can we expect to see from Yamaha uh, on track? I mean, on track, you'd expect them just to be really quick because, uh, you know, Maverick won here last year. Quattararo got the pole here last year. Uh, the bike should be better. Um, uh, the bike should have a bit more uh, horsepower. Um, our uh, Japanese colleague Akira Nishimura did a, uh, an interview with the uh, various team bosses. And uh, what he said about, or what, they, what Yamaha uh, uh, Sumi uh, um, said about the new bike was, you know, they were hoping for uh, a, a, a bit more of an update on the engine, which, I mean, you always have to read between the lines, but it certainly sounds like it's going to have a bit more power, which is absolutely what uh, what the riders were asking for. Um, so I, 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 ex I mean, my prediction, and we all know how good my predictions are, uh, but my prediction is that um, uh, a Yamaha will leave the rider. Uh, will leave a Yamaha rider will leave the test as fastest. Um, but you know, testing isn't the same as as riding. But I think I'm looking forward to more to the press conference on uh, the uh, on. Let's see, the Thursday. That's right. It's the Thursday. Yeah, the eve uh, of the um, test. Yes, yeah, exactly. The, the the press conference ahead with with Yamaha to actually hear what Valentino Rossi's got to say about the whole situation. Uh, it's easy for Maverick, it's easy for Fabio, they're uh, sorted, but um, it's going to be a big thing for, for Valentino Rossi. It's going to be really interesting to see how motivated Rossi is and how fast he can be this year. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, certainly that press release that they put out last week whenever they were announcing the signings um, and they were announcing their plans with Rossi to go on for a couple of months before he makes that decision. He did say in that press release that uh, his intention still very much is to race in 2021. So, um, well, that's what he said in, in kind of press uh, PR jargon, but uh, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, um, I'm not going to be at Sepang, but uh, I'm very intrigued to know what Rossi's uh, body language will be like whenever he's uh, whenever he's asked about that. Because usually, um, yeah, you can you can read quite a lot into how he sits and uh, basically the length of his answers whenever he uh, he's approached on such on such matters. Yeah, we, well, yeah. I mean, like I say, you'll be watching. Uh, I mean, you will not only be watching to see. What he does and what he says, uh, but also watching to see what he does when other riders are talking, because I think and and other people are talking, because they usually tell you a lot more about uh, what's going on than um, uh, than you know just looking at them, yes, just listening absolutely. to the words he says. Yes. Um, so moving on to Suzuki, uh, no, it's worth pointing out that there is. Uh, there has been um, some speculation in the Italian media. I think it was Sky Italia were reporting that Alex Rins has uh, become one of the latest riders to uh, confirm his future for 2021-2022. If uh, Sky Italia's report is to, believe, to be believed, he will be staying put at Suzuki for another two years and uh, taking him all the way through to 2022. Uh, I guess that's not that surprising, Div. I don't. I don't think it's that surprising. I mean, you know, they, he's been bought in. He won two races last year. He's been bought into um, 
you know, basically to try and win a championship for them or to uh, f- finish as high up in the championship as possible to at least compete for a championship with them. Um, he's shown progression. He still has some weaknesses, his, his consistency. It is perhaps a little fine. bit early, but it, again, it's a sign that Ducati are, I think everyone is signing quickly because they're all afraid that Ducati are going to steal their riders away. Um uh, also worth pointing out that the signing of Rins leaves only, uh, or make, I think that makes Juan Mir probably the next big target for everyone. Um, to, Assuming Marquez stays. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he is... It, uh, he's the he's the sort of the, the last of the sort of big gamble uh, riders you might take a gamble on to try to win a championship with. Showed a lot of progress last year, but we'll have to wait and see uh, uh, how that goes. Um, so yeah, you would expect the, the press conference, the Suzuki press conference, their launch for that to be the point at which they announce uh, um, Alex Rintz having been signed. Um, obviously, things are moving fast, but that's not really surprising given the amount of things that's going on at the moment. Yeah. Okay. Um, so this silly season that we've been talking up f- for the last uh, year, year and a half, is uh, is in danger of uh, slipping us by without uh, without any dramatic movements. It looks as though, well, I guess Quadraro moving to Yamaha that is dramatic, of course. But um, well, Marquez probably staying put, Rins possibly staying put, and Vinales staying put as well. I mean, those are three of the big players, um, certainly that were discussed in uh, in terms of people Ducati may recruit um, you know their the kind of options are, are kind of quickly running out here uh, well yeah I mean I think what's likely to happen is that it's going to go a little bit quiet after the Sepang test until sort of the first few races and then it's likely to explode again um, uh, Ducati need a strategy they really need a strategy for what they're going to do and they're, they're the key behind all of this um, sure Mark Marcus is going to stay uh, we've seen Fabio go. What happens to Valentino Rossi? Um, uh, will both riders stay at Suzuki? Um, uh, what happens in the Petronas team? Uh, will Valentino Rossi there go there? Will there be a second, uh, a, a fifth, at least a fifth uh, Yamaha on the grid? Um, I don't think there's going to be much in terms of much movement in terms of for, for KTM. Um, but yeah, I mean, honestly, the, the complete Ducati lineup is totally up in the air. A- anything could happen there. And I think as long as we don't know who's going to be in the factory Ducati seat, there's going to be um, room for speculation. Yeah, sure. I would say at this moment in time, Miller like has to, has to feel that he's got one foot in that factory door, you would say, going off the, going off the back end of last year. And those, those rumors about him stepping up to replace Petrucci this year. I mean, those rumors never really went away. Um, yeah, you'd say if Miller starts the year strongly, he surely he's a shoe-in for, for one of those Ducati factory seats. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, and as soon as we find out, uh, I, I think that's a good point, that uh, as soon as we find out what, what Jack Miller's going to do, then uh, there's some of the other bits and pieces will start sort of put, uh, falling into place. But, you know, does, does Zarko go up into Pramac? Does he go up into the factory team? Um, this is going to depend a lot on how good he is on the bike. Um, there's just lots and lots of uh, there, there, there's still I think a lot open there. Uh, there's also the second uh, second Repsol Honda seat. We're all assuming that Alex Marquez will be automatically uh, given another year, um, but there's no 
guarantee of that, and especially if uh, if Mark Marquez sort of signs early, um, there could still be some people to to get bumped out. But you know, it's it's still very early days, and we'll have to wait and see what uh, what happens. Okay, just take you back a little bit, David. We we kind of glossed over Suzuki's uh, 2020 uh, GSXRR uh, preparations. Are we expecting to see? Anything radical? I mean, it was a pretty good bike last year. In fact, it was a very, very good bike. Uh, there is a case to be argued that it was probably the grid's best bike for part of the year last year. Um, we're probably just going to see some uh, some small revisions here and there, right? Yeah, exactly. No, I mean, the, uh, the, the again, Akira Nishimura interviewed the uh, Ken Kawuchi, um, the uh, Suzuki engineer, and they basically said, it's, you know, the bike is good. We want... More horsepower, uh, but keeping rideability. Um, the bike was very good. The bike was very uh, extremely agile. I mean, you know, Alex Rins kept riding around the outside of people, uh, which is generally a sign that the bike is uh, is very good. It doesn't use the. Uh, it, it's quite soft in its tires. Its biggest problem was that it was quite hard to push it to actually get it to. Um, uh, to, to to actually set up a really fast lap for qualifying, and their big objective is you know can they put in a uh, can they put in a fast lap? I think if there is one factory where you might be able to get a le- at least a hint of what's going to come this year, then maybe if you look to see if Suzuki can actually put in quick times, uh, then that's going to be a real sign of 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 you know whether they are. Uh, uh, whether they can be competitive or not. Yeah, yeah. Well, that should be uh, really interesting to to keep an eye on in the coming days. Um, Div, um, personally, how are you feeling about the, the twenty twenty season? I mean, you're about to you're about to jet off this evening. Um, are the, uh, the first day of school nerves? Are they kind of there? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yes, yeah. I mean, um, uh, funnily enough, on on. Sunday night, I had an absolutely terrible night's sleep, which was uh, the uh, the usual first night's uh, nerves uh, sleep. But last night, I slept like a baby, so that was uh, that was very good indeed. So we shall we shall see. I mean, it, it, honestly, it's going to be a fantastic year. It really promises to be a good year. There's so much. Um, the bikes are so close. Uh, the teams are so close. I'm even, I mean, I'm, the only trouble is I'm starting to look forward to 2021 already and we haven't even turned a wheel in 2020 yet. So I need to curb my enthusiasm a little. Yes, yes, absolutely. Don't get too far ahead of yourself. Uh, your plans for Sepang for the trip? Sorry? Your plans for uh, the Sepang trip? I mean, you're going out for just the, just the three days essentially? Yep, just going out for the test and the uh, uh, and uh, to spend some time with the, our good friend Pete C. McLaren, uh, the the absolute foundation which Crash.net is built on. Um, so that'll be good to to to, to see him. Um, but yes, it's uh, hotel uh, racetrack, hotel racetrack, hotel uh, <laughs> home. So uh, yeah, that's the the of- glamour of international travel. Yes, exactly. With a couple of stops at Nando's thrown in, no doubt. Yeah, <laughs> actually, actually, there's some really nice. Um, uh, well, we will be eating some local Indonesian food. There's a uh, Indonesian journalist, uh, uh, Tofik from the uh, TMC blog. He will be staying with us, and he will be helping us choose the uh, the, the the best Malaysian food. So uh, that's uh, we should definitely be enjoying some of that. Okay, fantastic. And Dave, uh, I believe you might be uh, you might be recording the show out on the ground when you're in Malaysia. 
Uh, yes, certainly. Uh, unfortunately, um, our good friend uh, Thomas Bourgeois, um, uh, the French journalist, uh, managed to fall off a surfboard and hurt himself. So he won't be out in um, won't be out in Malaysia. Would have recorded him uh, one with him then. But I shall see if I can find a willing victim to um, uh, join me and talk about what's going on. Perhaps uh, record on the last day of the test and, uh, and see what happens. Okay, fantastic. I shall certainly be sending in a few updates now and again uh, to uh, to let everyone uh, uh, know what's going on. And I shall be um, uh, trying to, for our Patreons, I shall be trying to upload some of the audio which I get from the riders so they can hear directly from the horse's mouth, as it were, uh, how the bikes feel, how they are feeling and what they think of the season. Yes, yes, I would absolutely implore you to check out our Patreon page because this year we're really going to try make an effort and push uh, a lot more uh, exclusive content and interesting tidbits on our Patreon page that you can find uh, throughout race weekends, tests and uh, all sorts of things as well because uh, I think between us, Dave, and with Steve English, we're going to be at every round and test this year in MotoGP, certainly every World Superbike round, um, maybe with the exception of, uh, of Mategi, um, but uh, that's a pretty full calendar for all of us and uh, we'll be looking to bring lots of exciting content reaction and uh, well some maybe interesting feature pieces as well uh, this year on the Paddock Pass podcast and if you want to be part of our Patreon page you can go and make a donation for as little as $3 a month that is uh, patreon.com forward slash Paddock Pass podcast so uh, check that out if that is the kind of thing that interests you um, it really does go a long way to helping um, David and I uh, sustain our efforts of uh, covering uh, MotoGP and bringing you some of the latest reaction uh, if you're not following uh, David if you're not following David on his social media channels I would implore you to do so because uh, well, uh, what better man to look out for and to follow uh, when he's on the ground at the uh, Sepang test. That's uh, at Moto Matters on Twitter, where David does a lot of his updates. And of course, motomatters.com. I'll be uh, keeping an eye out for his uh, updates at the end of each day. And uh, yeah, then look out for the next edition of the Panic Pass podcast as well, which uh, will be dropping soon after the test has finished. So uh, I guess nothing left to do but to uh, remind you, facebook.com forward slash paddock pass podcast and on twitter at paddock pass pod please uh, follow us there and if you could be so kind leave a review on our apple podcast channel isn't it div that helps us uh, uh, find, yeah uh, there's wherever you get your podcast i think we're on spotify we're on uh, apple podcasts uh, various other uh, uh, feeds soundcloud um give us a like give us a a, a review um, uh, tell everyone that um, we are quite interesting and worth listening to that would be just dandy please thank you very much yes as those trendy YouTubers say hit the subscribe button baby uh, so do that and uh, yeah you'll be sure to uh, be up to date with everything that's going on in the world superbike and MotoGP world so uh, thank you very much David Emmett I uh, bid you adieu and uh, wish you a very safe journey onwards to Malaysia Thank you very much. I will go off and hurriedly cram everything into a suitcase. <laughs> good to hear that your uh, packing technique doesn't differ too much from my own. So, uh, yes, good luck with that. And thank you very much, listener, for your uh, attention uh, during this uh, latest episode. We'll be back with another episode soon. See you then.